This episode is brought to you by Avalanche, the layer one that is blazingly fast, low cost, and eco-friendly. You'll hear more about Avalanche later in the show. Hey everyone, quick reminder, nothing said on Empire is a recommendation to buy or sell securities or tokens. This podcast is for informational purposes only and any views expressed by anyone on the show are solely our opinions, not financial advice. Santiago and I and our guests may hold positions in the companies, funds, or projects discussed. Now, let's get into the show. Yo, yo, what's going on everyone? We got G-Money with us for the roundup this week. G-Money, if you guys don't know, A- you're living under a rock, but B, uh, hopefully you guys know G Money, one of the kind of leading folks in the NFT space. I remember back, I think it was January 6th, 2021, G Money, you posted this thing coming out. It was like, just think about, the, you know, everyone's coming out of the new year, January, 2021. And you posted this thing about why you purchased Punk 8219 for 140 ETH. And I was like, man, this guy's crazy. This guy has, I mean, this is top signal, toppy, toppy, top. And you you called it, man. I mean, you you absolutely nailed it with that. So excited to have you on the show. We're going to be talking board apes, punks, the acquisition, ApeCoin, all that fun stuff. So welcome to Empire, my friend. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, let's get right into it. So let's get right into the the this ape acquisition. I know we only got you for like 25 minutes. So 2017, Larva Labs, they create punks. They own like 100% of the IP. Um, Yuga Labs then creates Board Ape, Yacht, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club, launched in April 2021, and punks are like this OG project, uh, the like whale NFT project. And in the past year, the floor price of uh, Board Ape uh, Yacht Club has actually gone up and flipped punks. And what we just saw recently is that uh, the owners of Board Ape Yacht Club, Yuga Labs, uh, just actually acquired the rights to punks and mebits. Uh, from Larva Lab. So we can get into more of like the transaction details and things like that if we want to, but I just want to get your high level framework for how you're viewing this deal. And maybe if you want to just share some some details on on the deal as well, if that's helpful. Yeah, sure. Uh, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, when, when the news came out, I was ecstatic, right? <clears throat> I've, been, I've been trying to get uh, the commercial rights to my punk for a while now. And, uh, you know, I, I very much understood that having it as my profile picture uh, and using it as my identity was very much hindering me uh, from pursuing a lot of the things that I wanted to pursue. So uh, when when this announcement was made, I was ecstatic, right? Um, as, as an IP holder of punks, in a perfect world, would I have preferred that it was owned by the community in a DAO or that the IP would be uh, separated uh, the, the top two IPs in the space be separated? Sure, right? Like that's exactly what I would want in a perfect world. <clears throat> but I also understand that I would rather have Yuga buy the IP and, um, and, and give everybody a commercial license as opposed to maybe some major conglomerate from the outside come in like a Disney or something and, and tightly hold that IP. So I think that like, I would have preferred it to be a little bit different, but at the end of the day, I think this is a win for the punk community. Santi, what's your take on this? I mean, you're obviously punk 9159, right? You you feel similarly? Yeah, I agree, G-Money. Look, for, I'm, I'm glad. So two things, like obviously, I think it was December where like Larva Lab said, hey, we, there was a lot of the nouns guy, which is 915, what is it, 9159? Oh, one, five, six. Yeah, I mean, he... he there was like this stir in the community said, what's going on with IP? Like creative commons is the way of the future. It's aligned with Web3 ethos. What's, and it was sort of the elephant in the room. And I think that was that pressure, you know, put Larva Labs. I don't think Larva Labs team's equipped to like deal with all this stuff. Uh, they're good creators, but you know, this is sort of like a, a interesting, it, it was, it, it was like a, a thing that they needed to resolve. I don't, I mean, I, I would agree with G Money. I, I would have loved this to somehow be this IPB placed in, in in a DAO. I don't know the Yuga Labs team that well, to be honest. Although if I read the announcement, it feels to me like they are very appreciative and sensitive to the idea of like, look, we want to do the what's right for the community. Although technically, okay, I'm, I'm going to play devil's side. Like what's stopping them from reselling this IP to, I don't know, Facebook? Like g I mean, that's technically possible, right? G-Money, like they still own it, even though they say right. that they're going to do the right thing and be good stewards of it, but nothing is stopping them from selling this IP. 
Right. Yeah. And I think the question becomes is what happens if they do, right? Can those, yeah. can that license be revoked at any time after it's been given? I really don't know. Right. I, that's something I guess uh, we need to hear from, from IP lawyers. Um, but I think for now, I mean, they just raise a ton of money. They're about to raise more money. Uh, it seems like through uh, land sales. So I'm not sure that they're necessarily ready to be acquired just yet. Um, but I do, I do agree with you, right? Like you do have that concern of what happens if somebody comes in over the top and buys them or buys, buys the IP from them. And, and, and G Money, you, you brought up something that I want to dig deeper on, which is you wanted to acquire the IP rights to your punk. You've obviously done a lot with your punk. Like you have very, one of the most, if not the most identifiable punk out there. Because you're, you're, you've done collaborations with Adidas, you, you're, you're putting your name out there a lot. And you and I have talked a lot about like brand IP and using an NFT to, to accrue value to your brand. And like, what would have been the worst case scenario here? Like you go out there, you, mer you do merch, you, you do other stuff. And what? Like Larva Lab sues you. Or like in this case, Yuga Lab says, hey, cease and desist, you're breaching IP. You get all these messy lawyers involved and like you have to like step down. Like... I'm curious if you've ever felt, there's always that threat, but I'm curious if you ever felt that they were going to push that boundary and really go clamp down on a breach of IP. Um, well, you know, so when, when I did the collab with Adidas, I went to uh, Larva Labs representation uh, at UTA and I, I showed them the Adidas deal and they were not interested in being part of it. And I heard through the grapevine that they tried cutting me out of it, right? So after mm -hmm. that, I was very much like, all right, well, I'm on my own here, right? Like I I feel like at the beginning half of last year, I was a huge advocate for the punk community because my thesis was uh, if everybody knows uh, like what the G Money crypto punk is, then everybody will know what crypto punks are. And then everybody will know what NFTs were, right? Like that was kind of like my top of the funnel uh, type of thesis there. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, it became, it just became clear to me that they, you know, because I mean, and, and it was their right, right? Like they were the artists, they were the creators and they had uh, the ability to choose whatever they wanted. So it was like at that point that I was like, all right, well, obviously uh, I need to move away from the punk, uh, which is why, you know, my punk was not on, my punk was not on the actual, NFT, right? It was a derivative. And then it was a logo that uh, I've been rebranding to, right? That I was mm. rebranding to. And so, you know, to me, it's like, I could have gone full force uh, against it and like really push the issue. But also it's like understanding that it would have been a lot of like wasted time and capital in like trying to make a statement, right? Like it's, I feel like there's like too much opportunity to build cool stuff as like, instead of like sitting there trying to get over a a back and forth over you know like what's right and what's wrong right that's great no i totally agree with you like you talk about derivatives and there's a project that you and i are involved with called universe that look the backstory of universe is a group of us said oh pepes are great like i love pepes let's just go out and do fun stuff with a pepe derivatives all of a sudden we hear from what's his name g money uh the uh, Matt Fury. Matt Fury, who is the, not actually the creator of Pepe's. This actually comes from a TV show in, in Argentina, I believe. Nonetheless, guy, you know, we get a nasty letter from his lawyer and we backed out. You know, it's like, to your point, G-Money, it's like it's not worth the effort. That experience, a group of us in, pioneered by like, you know, Tyler and 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 a few other folks said, let's actually create a platform and a, and a set of contracts that allows this idea of, okay, you're the original creator, fine like a lot of credit to Larva Labs and all the original creators out there. But there was also this idea that over time, if you think of like this curve, there is a lot of value by fans and other folks like G-Money that, that are actually, you know, promoting the brand in a very interesting way. And they deserve some value from that IP. And so that was kind of the idea behind Universe, which is I find fascinating because we talk about a lot about IP it, it, to me, it feels like a, a very antiquated like concept. I think, you know, we're in this world where we're redefining what IP really means. But to your point, G-Money, I want to get your take on, on this idea of creating derivatives and value accruing, not just to the original creator, but like, you know, people that are promoting and pushing that brand forward. Um, it's a difficult thing to do, but I think 
at least, you know, these experiences leave, leave us with precedent to say, okay, let's build something different here. Right. Yeah, no. And I, I agree. And that was one of the things I, I ran into, right. Is like, uh, about halfway through last year, I realized like, wow, like I'm doing all this work promoting the, the crypto punks, uh, brand and IP, and there's no way for me to monetize it. Right. It's like, you know, I, like I can monetize it by selling it, but then I'm no longer a part of the community. Right. And it's not necessarily that I was uh, sitting there trying to like extract rent or whatever. It's like, I felt like I was providing value and I just wanted a way to kind of like make a living while doing it. Right. And, uh, that was really what my concern was. Right. And uh, I, I'll be honest, like the Adidas thing, when, when I first started talking to them, I'm like, holy shit, like it would, oh, sorry. Can I, can I curse on this thing? Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is not PG. Like, all right. And I was like, oh man, like I would love to put like my ape, right. Like on Adidas branded gear. Right. That was like my first thought. And it, you know, it sadly, like it didn't work out that way. And I just didn't want to go down that route of, you know, uh, starting a, a a courtroom battle for, you know, just to set precedent against an entity that just made a hundred million dollars in the last six months. Right. Mm -hmm. And G money, just for, for listeners to understand when you say ape, you mean your, your punk ape. Yeah. My punk ape. Yeah. But before we move on to, um, board apes, which interestingly, there's a lot of developments there going on. I want to touch on on this idea of a derivative, like you know, when digital music got started in, in like in this like Napster, post Napster, like there was a lot of discussions and, and and lawyers getting involved around what actually constitutes a breach of IP, and I think there's like certain seconds, like there's certain melodies that people borrow, like that are very popular, and I think there's like a standard where you can only like do like the first five, ten, or there's some like very like lawyers know this by heart, which is artists can only copy certain melody for like a certain amount of seconds okay we apply that concept the standards around like nfts are, are pretty not not there but like when you talk about a, doing a derivative of your punk or say my punk what does that actually mean like is is it are you changing the colors are you changing something the schematics or something that makes it recognizable but not as recognizable like people still know it's your punk and you're kind of like is it a workaround or is it a totally or something totally different uh i'm curious how you think of derivatives of nfts I mean, to be honest, like I am, yeah, I, I, I don't really know the exact answer to that. I just, I kind of see it as like, uh, maybe my punk reimagined through the creator's eyes. Right. So like, what is it that makes my punk so recognizable? It's probably the orange beanie on an ape. Right. And so it's like, if somebody were to draw their own version of an ape wearing an orange beanie, that's a derivative in, in my point of, in my viewpoint. And it could even be like, a yellow beanie, like maybe like a pixelated ape with a yellow beanie and like blue skin, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't really know where that line is. And I personally didn't necessarily want to go up. And, yeah. You and don't want to be the guy it. on the front line, just getting yeah. chopped. If you yeah. come too, come too you close. Know. Yeah, I hear you. Exactly. You know, cause it just, it, it didn't make sense for me. Right. Like, like I said, it was, it was a, it was a question of time and money. And it's like, rather than fight and like stand on this hill and die on it, I'd rather like be innovating in the space because there's plenty of, of room to operate in. Yeah. So another question, you, you still have you still have your punk. I still do have my punk. I do share your concerns around IP because I'm like, wait a minute. It's like my Twitter profile. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm concerned myself with influencer. I just built an audience. And, you know, I am curious how you think about going forward. Where are you going to spend more of your time? One, do you keep your punks? Or two, do you think that you can take the G Money brand disassociated from this punk with a with a beanie and just create your own and it literally create your own pfp and go from there and just like i'm, I'm curious because i'm sure other creators I mean, are thinking about yeah. this right so i i've thought about this a lot um now like now that i have the ip to my punk i think i i am no not as likely to do it anymore but um I was, I mean, I, I created, I have a logo now, right? Like I have, I have a brand I was moving away from it uh, before this, but that was because I didn't want to necessarily go into that battle, right? But I do think that, you know, there's, there's multiple brands that can be made. You know, I have a lot of things in the works that uh, aren't necessarily revolved around like just the IP to my punk, right? And when you say you bought your IP, is this like you personally went to Yuga or during this transaction and you own it or, or, or you, no, 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 
No, I'm saying like creating like my IP, like for instance, like my, uh, if you go on my Twitter banner, on my Twitter profile, my Twitter banner is like the G Money logo, right? Which uh, is, it, that's what was featured on the Adidas, on the Adidas gear, right? Because also, you know, as a large national corporation with large uh, pockets, if they put the ape on a sweater, they would have instantly been sued, right? Uh, by by Larva. Right? You think like so? It's, I think so, right? Like they, mm. you know, they, they own the IP to it, right? And and Adidas has big pockets, right? Isn't that usually like how lawsuits go? Is like if they have a lot of money, sue them. So I feel, you know, as a large multinational, they had a lot of, lot of concerns and they definitely did not want to infringe on any trademarks or copyrights uh, internationally. So I, because of that, I was... I worked really hard to get my my logo and my typeface on and like kind of, you know, my branding the way I wanted it to be so that uh, I could move away from the punk if needed. So I was already I already had that process happening when when it was going down. Would you at some point give up your punk? I don't think so. I may maybe I would maybe change my profile picture, but I don't think I would I, I'm hoping that this is like a fair a family heirloom passed down through generations. Let me let me ask both of you guys this actually. I, w- I want to try to maybe this is a stretch analogy, but make an analogy here to Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, punks feel like Bitcoin to me, which is punks are made up of this like OG community. They're proud of the fact that like there's this that they got in early. They're OG. Like owning a punk represents almost that you're an OG in in crypto in general. Almost like being a like a hardcore Bitcoiner in the early days, you're like, you're, you're a hardcore Bitcoiner. And then what happens is Ethereum comes around and Ethereum says, we're going to sacrifice on some things, but we're actually going to add a lot of utility to this project, which enabled you to build things on top of Ethereum. And Bored Ape came along and Bored Ape did a similar thing, which is they said, look, we want to enable IP for everyone. And, and we want to actually add kind of utility to this project. And they brought on Guy Siri, right? You, uh, who is it? Madonna's agent, uh, talent agent. I think Ashton Kutcher's talent agent among a a bunch of other folks. And they basically said, we want to build this like a startup uh, and actually build things instead of just treating this as like almost a dead asset that people just own because it's a collectible. And uh, so I want to get your, maybe G money. I'm curious to get your, your take on almost that analogy uh, comparing Bitcoin to the punks and ETH to the board API club. And uh, yeah, just curious what you think of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good analogy, right? I think one of the reasons why apes were able to, or board apes were able to uh, start memeing and got a good community around it, right? Is that I think, especially around that time, I believe it was May was when they were minting, was there were a lot of punks in the community that were kind of like, you know, not knowing what they wanted to do with their IP because they they weren't sure, right? Like when I bought my ape, I wanted to put it on a t-shirt and sell t-shirts like literally right away. Uh, but, you know, as I like learned about the license, I was like, all right, well, I really can't do that. I can do that, you know, up to $100,000, but like there's no real scale in it, right? And it's like if if we're looking, if crypto is a game of scale and, and making things automated, uh, it, w- it wouldn't be the best use of my time. And I think there were a lot of punks that were in that situation in May where, you know, people like, you know, there's Spotty, who's the... Uh, the crypto punk rapper, right? And like, he still uses his punk, but like, you know, we were all kind of like held back a little bit. So I think when apes really started hitting the scene and people made them their profile pictures, and then you had all these like derivative projects like Jenkins the Valet, people kind of creating their identities around it, putting it on Arizona iced tea, on micro brews and, and all this stuff, you just started seeing like the community kind of meme um, board apes. And then it just started, it started organically. And then I think when you throw Hollywood on top of there and, and guys done a great job with, with the community, it's just like really throwing gasoline on the fire. Right. And you kind of see um, what's happened. Right. Like, I think if you take a look at the general population, they're more likely to know what a board ape is than a crypto punk. Yeah. Gio, I want to get your take on this DC investor quote. So DC investor tweeted out most NFT startups are going to either a die out B, get acquired by a megacorp, or C, get acquired by a crypto native firm who then gets acquired by a megacorp. And he, I think, I think it was also DC Investor who compared it to like NFT IP acquisitions and consolidations to microbreweries, right? Where he said people love microbreweries because they allow for this interesting lore and a story and seasonal flavors. But then the real success of a microbrewery comes when they sell out to a megacorp like a Budweiser. Um, what, what, do you, what does this mean for the future of M&A within the NFT space? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think it throws it on the table, right? Like, I think Yuga Labs still has a huge war chest. I assume, I assume they're in talks with other projects, right? Like, everyone started joking right after this acquisition is like, buy my, you know, insert dead project here, right? Like, that's what people were joking. I think it's a possibility, and I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with it, right? Like, you know, what the only reason we're all talking about NFTs today is because number went up really quickly, really fast, right? If if the number didn't go up as quickly, um, and there's good there's good things and bad things to that, right? Like the good things is that it is introducing crypto culture to the world at large in a scale that we haven't seen before in the past, right? But then also the the negative is that a lot of it becomes about the financialization of every product, right? But like I also will say that like make no mistake about it, every industry has a financialization of their product, whether they care to admit it or not, right? This is just the most transparent way to go about it. So, I mean, I think that this is just like capitalism, right? Like, uh, you know, somebody makes something, somebody thinks that there's value in there and they think that they can add more value, they're gonna acquire it, right? Like, I'm hoping that we don't have just one conglomerate, you know, uh, somebody brought up the fact that, you know, if this was publicly traded and, you know, uh, under the visa, under the control of the SEC, would there be some uh, some antitrust restrictions? And like, I'm not sure I agree with that because Disney could come into the space tomorrow, and they're you know Disney, uh, DreamWorks, like you know you have a lot of these different uh, Universal, all these different companies that could come in with massive IP tomorrow. That would be the number one player in the space. So you know, I I, I also think it's probably Yuga maybe playing a little defense too. Because if they own the best IP in the space, uh, when when Disney comes into the space, they don't come in and just totally own the space, right? Let's talk about Disney coming in and just what's 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 next actually for Yuga. So Yuga now owns. Trying to actually think of everything that they own right now. You've got MeBits, you've got Board Apes, you've got Punks. So, anyways, they now have a couple of the top grossing projects, right? And they definitely have number one and number two. Today, they're launching, I think actually currently, as we're talking right now, you've got the ApeCoin airdrop going on. And ApeCoin is the big talk of the town right now. And I'm sure this episode will go live tomorrow morning. So I'm sure we'll have a lot more info there. But what do you see as the future for Yuga Labs? Uh, they now have over, I think it's 50,000 NFTs in their collection. Are Is Yuga Labs going to take on someone like Disney? I mean, I have no idea. I, if... If I were to guess just from the artwork, I don't think the same consumer that consumes Disney products or, you know, Disney movies will be consuming uh, Bored Ape products, right? Like, I think it's a very different target. Uh, like, you know, for instance, I was at South by Southwest earlier this week and I was in the Doodles exhibit and that felt like being in Disney. I was like, this feels like Web3 Disney, right? Like, right. it really felt like a family uh, oriented experience. I'm not sure Yuga is really going, maybe maybe they acquire Doodles or something like Doodles, right? And and that would be like the Disney uh, vertical for them. But like, you know, I, I really don't know. Your guess is really as good as mine. I don't really talk to the team that that much uh, other than uh, really our, our collaboration on the Adidas side. But, you know, I, I assume they raised a ton of money for something, right? And I, I don't think they're done. I think... Uh, They've done. Uh, they've had great execution in the space so far, and I think you got to give them credit for that. Yeah, gee, I know you got to jump in in two minutes. I think last question here is just get your take on the NFT space in general. As we've seen the market fall for a lot of other things in crypto, whether it's DeFi tokens are down like ninety percent, some of the metaverse things are down like 70 percent. A lot of assets in the industry are down. You know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 percent. You've can, you've seen NFT projects, the good ones, the blue chips like Doodles and uh, Apes and, you know, Punks has taken a step back, obviously, but still doing incredibly well relative to a lot of other assets. Does it does what's your like mental model for how you see the NFT space moving forward over the next like nine months this year? Uh, yeah, well, I think a lot of it is is tied to macro, right? Like so I think when when you say, uh, you know, how much all these projects are down, uh, within their own confine, it sounds like a lot. But then when you take a look at, you know, Facebook is down 50% from highs, like tech stocks are getting crushed, right, in on the NASDAQ. 
And I think when you put it in that context, right, it's like all at this point right now, it's all related to macro and where interest rates are headed. And, you know, obviously the Fed raised rates uh, yesterday. Right. And they they seem to be pretty committed to fighting inflation, which is obviously, I think, a negative for all risk assets worldwide. But I'll be honest, I, as I was watching the price reaction of Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto in general, and I mean, equities in general, right? Like yesterday, it had a really positive reaction to the to the statement. And maybe people are thinking we stop raising rates sooner rather than later. And if that's the case, um, <laughs> then like it's kind of like game on. Right. But the question is, like, how far is that drawdown? So, I mean, I think when you look at NFTs, it's a cultural phenomenon. And um, I think, will there be more uh, NFT usage five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? I think the answer to that is yes. And because of that, you know, I want to I wanna be in the space in the best projects like the blue chips, um, the ones that I think have the most reflexivity to the upside in a market that I think is, is in, in its infancy still. Yeah. Any projects that you really love right now? Um, I mean, besides uh, besides CryptoPunks, uh, I love, I mean, I'm always a huge fan of Chromie Squiggles. Uh, I think uh, Snowfro uh, is amazing. I think you guys should probably uh, try to get him on here. Like every time I hear him talk, he's just so passionate and he's really dedicated to the true ethos of crypto. And it's really amazing to hear him talk. So uh, I, I love Squiggles for that reason. I think Cyber Brokers is a recent uh, mint that that came out about like two weeks ago, I think. And that's by uh, Josie Bellini, who's an OG crypto artist. Oh, Josie. Yeah, I love Josie. Yeah. And she's like, uh, I mean, she's kind of like, the because of her, I got red pilled into crypto, right? So her husband is Andrew Steinwald, who helped red pill me, uh, in, not, not crypto, sorry, into NFTs, who helped red pill me into NFTs. Uh, and, you know, she, she red pilled him. So it's, uh, she's like, She's been here since the start, so I, I really look forward to the stuff that she's working on. But yeah, I mean, I, I think in a market like this uh, where asset prices are pulling back, you just have to be a little more uh, discerning with with what you're going to be buying. Right. And not expect to buy something and have it like 10x up right away. Well, G-Money, you're the man. Thanks for coming on. Congrats on uh, also the Brick Breaker launch. So, uh, saw that it sold out in pre-mint and just a really cool. Like it looks like the entire game is fully on chain. So uh that looks really cool and yeah man wishing you the best with everything all right awesome thanks a lot thanks chief thanks Andy. thanks guys see you guys later see you. bye all right friends quick break to share some exciting DeFi updates from avalanche which is one of the fastest and the most eco-friendly smart contract platforms out there if you haven't been keeping up with the DeFi innovation on Avalanche, it is madness. There are new DeFi protocols launching on Avalanche on a daily basis. The ecosystem is getting pretty incredible. I thought I'd call out like three different projects that I'm keeping an eye on right now. The Platypus Wars are heating up on the new stable swap protocol. Dexalot is launching soon. They've got this unique price discovery mechanism and an on-chain limit order book. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, and then also Trader Joe just launched a brand new set of tokenomics to participate in token launches, stable coin farming and governance tokens. Really, really interesting innovation coming out of the DeFi space on Avalanche. Uh, and then also just beyond DeFi innovation, there's a study I thought you guys might find interesting. The Crypto Carbon Ratings Institute assessed the carbon efficiency of six of the leading networks they found that Avalanche consumes 35,000 times less energy than Ethereum and 200,000 times less than Bitcoin. Obviously, go do your own research. There's this study uh, from the Crypto Carbon Ratings Institute that is CCRI. You can go read it uh, on your own. But if you guys want to build DeFi products, if you want to use DeFi and want to do it in an eco-friendly way, do it on Avalanche. Now, let's get back to the show. The man himself. I love G. G red pill me into... Um into punks like I, i'd been a part of it like didn't think much of it like 2017 and then really uh him and i just got into talk. i actually tried to hire him when i was at verify uh to really start an nft fund and and then in this discussions it just become really close with him and and he was like buy punk buy punk and you know he was like <laughs> buy punk and then and then put it as a profile picture and to elevate the profile of, of punks and so i think like really sympathize with what he said which is i do genuinely believe that there have been few individuals him probably front and center and others that have really pushed the punk brand forward uh and make it probably the the you know obviously board apes is is done what it it has but before that it it really put nfts and and punks at, at the center of all of that 
and you know hearing him talk now and uh, you know i i candidly had just ha- been too busy to think about like ip and and all this stuff obviously been watching all the creative commons um discussions but seeing yuga labs and seeing what board apes has done is nothing short of impressive this is a prediction that i got wrong terribly uh at the end of last year uh that i would say that you know punks would would continue to that the price of of board apes was not going to to flip punks well it, it had flipped then and i said you know punks are are, are probably going to surpass it and just preserve their their status as the premier nft and so it, a lot of it is put into question like i still believe in punks i still um you know i, I still lo- love them aesthetically for me that's the number one criteria by which i collect but it does candidly put into question like hey like how do I think about my IP and how do I think about, you know, my punk and um, which obviously is nowhere near recognizable to what G money did, but I have to be fair, wanted to do in the past certain things with my punk. And I, you know, knowing that I don't have the IP has been a deterrent for me to actually do that. Yeah. Here's, here's my, I'm going to, I've spoken to a lot of punk holders since this happened about just to try to get their take and like preparation for this episode. A lot of punk holders say the same thing, which is kind of what you said and what G money says, which is I'm really excited. You know, now I can use the IP and it's going to be really great. And Yuga labs are stewards of this IP and, uh, of this project. And they, and they've built this, you know, big brand, like they're building a company and they're raising from Andreessen Horowitz and all that fun stuff. Reading between the lines though, hearing how you're talking about it and hearing how G money talks about it. I think there's a sense of, damn, did we just lose the OG-ness and the indie culture almost of, of, of the punk brand, which is what made it so special, you know? I don't think so. You don't think so? No, like... You are, gen- like, you are one, I'm not, I'm trying, I'm trying to probe a little bit here, but you're, you're a hundred percent excited about this and you, you think that this like, is... Like, I'm not like... I think Yuga Labs is good steward. I've spoken to those guys. I think they they get it. Um, I'm not like as worried about this IP stuff. Like again, this is why I asked you money. Like, do you what is a derivative? Like, do you think that they would actually like clamp down on on you know IP infringement, if you will? Which I think is such a stupid concept. Look, I love creators. I very yeah. much believe that they should be compensated which has not been the case in web two. So I'm approaching it like I'm inverting it. I'm appro- I think this whole IP discussion is, is born out of, yeah, creators have been shafted in web two land. Like you talk about how much money they make influencers. Like this is why influencers suck because they go through a phase where initially it's pure, pristine, genuine, authentic content. And as soon as you hit a hundred thousand followers, as soon as you hit a million followers on Instagram, it, it tampers with the authenticity in the same way that you were probably talking about, like craft and, and microbreweries. Yeah, the, it does change and it sucks. And you know why? Because I think there's no, when you're faced with an alternative, like humans will always do what's in their best interest. And, you know, that you can make decent money, a lot of money sometimes being an influencer. But the reality is, like, there is a better way to like actually monetize your brand and monetize your your creative process, whatever that may be, in a more equitable way. And what I'm trying to say is in Web2, you know, if you look at how much YouTube pays creators and Spotify pays musicians, it's it's actually like terrible. And in Web3, I think you, you, you see a path forward where I know it might be difficult for a creator coming from Web2 that's been scarred to say, I want to share my IP and make a creative commons for people to come and build. And they might not see the path, which is you're going to make way more money if you actually do it creative commons and you do the right thing. It's hard to understand. And it's this idea of growing the pie. And this is what Yuga Lab said in their statement, which is, you know, obviously a lot of people were worried about, wait, wait a minute, they're buying, they own punks. They own now punks and board apes. Like how are they going to spend their time? Can they just, you know, and they said, listen, it is a win-win mentality. Like, let's grow the pie. It's not about one versus the other. It's so small. NFTs are so small. And I think, like, I believe that. From When they say that, I believe it. Obviously, the risk is always there that they might sell the IP to someone else. But, you know, I, I'm very much hopeful that this sets a good precedent to creators out there to go the path of 
avoid all this stuff and go creative commons because board apes has shown you how powerful that can be like in six seven months i mean no one would have imagined they would have done this and where they are now and capturing the attention of so many people and what they've done for the space is incredible so you know what i mean i hope that the key point i'm trying to make here is i do sympathize with creators that want to be super protective of their ip because in web 2 you'd have to it, it it's terrible you don't get much upside and much equity distribution in the value you're creating in web 3 i think we're seeing early indications of how powerful open source and creative commons can be people just build and hash and, and create derivatives of your work and so you know that i think is a way forward because ip right. in web 3 is just much more interesting than in web 2. yeah i mean i agree with you this sets the precedent for how pfp projects should be structured rights wise right there used to be you know a lot of projects it was like non-commercial licenses for personal use and limited license for non-digital use not going to make it moving forward if that's your if that's your stance i think I think when you think about, um, you know, G Money was talking about like the t-shirts. I think that's a, actually an antiquated way of thinking about it. I don't think the value of like commercial or creative common rights is is about making a t-shirt in a, in a physical sense. I think the value of these rights is that you can now build these NFTs into a digitally native environment, right? And you look at what uh, Board API Club, we'll talk about the ApeCoin and what they're doing and uh, in a second, but they're building this like, di they're going to build a digital world, right? Where apes are at the center of it. And that's what gets really exciting is when you, it's not the, you know, the, the collab on a t-shirt or anything like that. It's how do you integrate these things into a digitally native world? Uh, and that's where, where it gets really exciting, I think. Absolutely. So, um, ApeCoin? Yeah. You've been, you've been following this? I, I have, yeah. All right. Are you, uh, are you, did you get an airdrop? You aping in? What's the update here? Uh, 9.40 a.m. Let me pull up the update on what's going on because it's real time. Go ahead. Have you uh, you been following this? What are your thoughts on ApeCoin right out of the What's gate? What's the fully diluted value now? Uh, let's see. Seven, seven billion. Seven billion or so, yeah. Is it really? Total supply, I'm seeing a billion. Well, actually, no. A tr was that a trillion? And the price is 0.00. Yeah, no. I, is it three billion? I'm seeing three billion. Where are you seeing seven billion? I mean, the total supply is one billion. The price right now is 668. So... Yeah. One billion. So fully diluted value, seven billion. Anyway, seven billion, mass, yeah. mass, massive fully diluted value right out of the yeah. gate. Um, basically, ApeCoin, Board Ape, Yuga Labs came out and said, okay, we're, they came out yesterday. They said, okay, we're introducing ApeCoin, dollar sign APE, Ape, a token for culture, gaming, and commerce used to empower a decentralized community building at the forefront of Web3. Damn, that's a lot of buzzwords. ApeCoin is owned and operated by the ApeCoin DAO a decentralized org where each token holder gets to vote on governance and use of the ecosystem fund. Holding ApeCoin is the only requirement for membership in the ApeCoin DAO. Um, what are they doing here? 62% of the total supply of ApeCoin is allocated to the community, uh, of which 15% of that is available to claim starting today, right now. When you're listening, it'll be yesterday at 8.30 a.m. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, NFT project, launching a DAO, launching a, yeah. A, a not, surpri not surprising because I've been talking about how powerful, when I spoke with these guys, I said, it is super interesting. They are inverting the way you go to market. As opposed to launching a token first, you launch an NFT project, builds a ton of community. And then this is a logical sequence to cap capitalizing on that attention. And so like what's stopping them from just building the most successful L1 and the most successful DeFi protocol and game and metaverse? Like, Nothing, right? Because they have all the attention, right? And they've retained it in a very interesting way from people that are crypto native and non-crypto native. And so, you know, I think this is a logical step for retention um, and bringing more utility to to the NFT. Um, and so, it's it's fascinating. Um, I I'm not surprised. I'm I'm happy for their success. Whether it's I'm not going to comment on whether I believe it's worth seven billion or ten billion, um, but. Uh, you know, so none of this is, again, legal, financial, or any advice. So you do your thing. But, you know, it's pretty impressive that in, in many ways, like, you know, in, in, if you look at a traditional balance sheet, right, there's this idea of goodwill that is this IP generation and value that is super, like, fluffy. It's essentially like you back into it as in an acquisition, for instance, if you were to buy, like, I don't know, like a up-and-coming, like, brand and and it's just, like, the plug to the difference um, to balance out the the balance sheet, and, and so in this case, like it's very, you're crystallizing very clearly on that goodwill and the value of the community. So you could argue 
you could have looked at it as like, okay, how much volume is there on a day to day? How much, what's the aggregate value of all punks out there given the floor, but it's kind of hard to like, okay, you could do, you could do that analysis and say, okay, the aggregate value of, of board apes is X based on last sale, um, and or the floor as like a benchmark. And then, but this is just a very clear way of, of just another way to express how to value uh, these communities. The question that I want to ask you is, do you think that this detracts from the pristine and quality of the pure NFT projects? And do other projects now go and try to do the same? All other projects are going to try to do the same. They're going to yeah. launch a DAO and they're going to launch, yeah, they're going to launch tokens. I, here, here's the most important thing about the ApeCoin, about ApeCoin and what Yuga Labs is doing. They are writing the playbook for uh, how to build in web three versus web two. So in web two, you build a product, then you raise venture capital, you dilute to raise VC, then you pour that money into Facebook and Instagram ads to acquire customers. That's the, that's the web two model and it works. It's the playbook. Web three flips that on its head where you say you dilute at the very, very beginning to your, uh, to your community. You build the community first, the community tells you what they want, and then you build products based on what they want. And that's what the most successful web three, uh, brands are doing right now is you build the community first, you build a diehard base of base of folks, and then you build products for your community. And uh, it's, I love seeing what, what Yuga Labs is doing uh, with ApeCoin. They are donating 6.25% of their allocation, uh, which is 10 million ApeCoins to Jane Goodall Institute. Uh, in the initiative oh, that's awesome. of protecting chimpanzees, the natural world. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that is cool. I actually don't know their, we should probably pull this up and link it in the show notes, but how much did Yuga Labs actually retain out of the total token supply? Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I think uh, they're giving more value to their community in a new way and creating more value. So it's pretty, it's pretty positive. Yeah. I, uh, by the way, I just want to say I'm, I have no idea what's going to happen with this token. No one in the world has any idea. While I love what's going on with Yuga and what they're doing with launching the coin for the to you know, launching this token and, and going to build games and all this and an ecosystem around this. I actually don't think the ape coin is a good buy. And just, just based on, I've participated in a lot of airdrops, right? And when you look at airdrops in the past, you've got like SOS and like looks, uh, looks and ENS airdrop, obviously most of them follow the same pattern. You've got this, like, uh, the first few days, there's a lot of buying momentum as everyone's really excited. And then you see the sell-off and then there's a rebound and then the project kind of just fades. Not the project. Project remains good, but the token price kind of fades over time. It's like boom, down, up, and then just down fades for a while. And I don't think that a lot of people are saying this one's going to be different because the Board Ape Yacht Club like holders are, you know, apes are like the holy grail of NFTs. Um, but I don't think that this will be much different because I don't think the psychologically ape board ape holders like care about the token as much, if you know what I'm saying. I don't think that these, I don't think that anyone wants to sell their ape right now, but I think that they're totally fine getting this airdrop and selling the token, um, because they're emotionally attached to their, to their board ape. Uh, but I don't think they have that emotional attachment to a token. So that's why I love what is going on with Yuga, but don't maybe love the ape coin as a speculative buy. Yeah. I actually, yeah. yeah. I, again, I'm not endorsing it uh, yeah. much like you. So this is distribution. 62% of all the token supplies going to the ecosystem fund. So the community will decide through governance what to do with that. Um, Yuga Labs plus charity retained 16%. 14% um, is going to go to launch contributors, which include the companies and people that help make this project a reality you know probably i have no idea who these people are and eight percent are going to board eight founders the initial so so again like okay 16 percent is going to yuga labs if you look at traditional venture like you know when a company ipos like the team owns roughly 20 percent or so yeah. so it's fairly kind of in line and consistent, like in another in other projects that I've been a part of, like the team takes, you know, the company t probably takes like, you know, anywhere from 20, 30 percent. There's a board um, which is composed of Alexis Ohanian from uh, founder Reddit, Amy Wu, who used to be at Lightspeed, now at FTX, Maria Bajwas from Sound Ventures. Um, this is Guy Osiri and National Coaches Fund. 
uh, Yatsuyu from Animoca, which were, you know, been, been active in the space, and Dean Steinbeck from Horizon Labs. Um, so it's a good squad. Good squad. Yeah, I know a few here. Um, okay. It's very Web 2-y. Web 2 squad, I'd say. Yeah, I, I could definitely see a lot of criticism <laughs> around, you know, yeah. where is a steward representative? That's been the Board Ape uh, kind of mentality is a little more Web 2. And like we're, we're building, we're just building a big brand here. And uh, the biggest, the, one of the most important things when I rem- like that I was thinking when Board Ape flipped punks, the floor, when the floor uh, flipped is, damn, uh, the Lindy, the Lindy of punks maybe is not as strong as uh i originally thought it was and and maybe just it's more about distribution and maybe more about brand building you know absolutely yeah and just to clarify one point so uh if you have an uh, ape today uh you have you can go and claim um and 15 so so it's coming out of the ecosystem fund so 15 percent of of the 62 percent so actually 15% of all tokens, which is coming from the ecosystem fund, which is 62% of all tokens, uh, is immediately unlocked uh, to claim kind of at launch if you have an ape. So, you know, we'll see, obviously, uh, a lot of discussions and groups that I'm a part of are tracking, okay, what are people actually doing with these tokens? going to dump them or not or hold them? Um, as always, I've always felt, you know, um, you know, airdrops can be pretty tricky uh, because there's a lot of noise and... MAV going on, people are, you know, supplying them and LP pools and all this. So it's important to be cautious. Um, Coinbase, I think, listed it almost kind of immediately. Um, it's probably had about a ton of volume. Uh, but still, you know, is this going to do like, um, you know, a lot? Uh, there's probably going to be interesting sell pressure. Um, and I think the things to track are what are actually people doing with these tokens and what are they doing with their ape once they claim the token. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, real quick, because I forgot to share this in the beginning and my marketing team's going to get really mad at me permissionless uh, before we move on to some other topics. Do Kwan just added Do Kwan as a speaker. So pretty pumped on Do Kwan. Chris Dixon also joining us as a speaker. Um, and then on the, uh, and we're also launching our NFTs in two weeks. So that should be really, really exciting. Uh, you should see these. We partnered up with this guy, 3D print guy. They are gorgeous. They're the, honestly the coolest NFTs I've ever seen, but now I'm just pumping my bag. So permissionless, uh, really excited about that. And then also on the podcast, Santi, I think you know, Xerox Maki decently well. Uh, he is now, he just messaged me. He's coming on the podcast. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Subscribe to the podcast uh, to talk about, to just hear about what Xerox Maki and Prima, Primordial, I think is his name, are working on at, uh, yeah, at Layer Zero. All right, a couple, couple things that I'm paying attention to outside of Bored Apes. Um, Santi, feel free to weigh in on any of these. I'm not sure if you have thoughts on them. We've been talking about Anchor a little bit on the show, brought on Byron last week, which a lot of love, a lot of hate for Byron, uh, but hopefully a lot of love because Byron's brilliant. There's a proposal by Arca and Polychain that we talked about last week to reduce the Anchor payout uh, dependent on the deposit amount. Um, the vote ended on, uh, I think, a day ago or two days ago, and it was not approved. Uh, 70% of folks voted, 16% said yes, 54% said no. Uh, And I'm assuming that a large percentage of the community was swayed no, because uh, two big players that came out against the proposal were Delphi Digital and Jump. Um, And obviously those two folks carry some weight. Uh, The reasons that they didn't like it, A, it's like overly complex, B, the proposal lacked like an implementation strategy with you know, what should we do with the code and the audit and the mechanism details. I think some folks said it opened Anchor up to cyber attacks and then it breaks the composability of AUST, which folks were worried that this would slow the adoption of UST, which is required for Anchor to be sustainable. So uh, that's, that's an interesting update there. Other things, um, a lot of proposals going on with Maker. Tokenomics are still just a big trend right now and a big narrative. I think we'll end up bringing a couple folks on the show to get a little deeper into tokenomics. Maker is now looking to revamp its economics uh, to a increase participation with this. There, I think they're going to roll out or proposal to roll out um, uh, different like participation incentives. B to increase value accrual, um, and then C to increase governance security. Um, so that's, that's an interesting proposal to pay attention to. I think the economics were inspired by like X sushi, uh, SDK, Ave and Cosmos governance, a combination of those three. So that's something interesting to pay attention to. And then there's also a maker proposal by Hasu, which is, 
I think it's something a lot. I need to look into it more, but I'm just going to shout it out here. Something to pay attention to and to go look up and we can put a link to the proposal in the show notes. But right now maker has this flat organizational structure. And I think Hasu's proposal is about how that's kind of hitting its scaling limits and you need a better incentive system to attract top talent and build long-term strategies. And to do this, you need, uh, I think what he calls super delegates who are these domain experts, uh, to be, to be chosen. And the goal is to keep the makers working groups, the CUs and, uh, you know, their incentives aligned with maker holders. Um, but to just have a little more, uh, leadership, I would say there. Yeah. Uh, can't tell how many times I've talked to maker team and I think they, you know, a, a lot of folks in, internally have felt like you sh- we should create like, like maker governance is like dormant and it, it's a complicated protocol to understand. And, you know, VCs a whole coin, very few, of course we had Ben on from Parify. Parify is probably the most active fund on the maker ecosystem. My, my former partner, Ben lives, loves, breathes maker all the time. It's a backbone of DeFi in many ways. And it's just been a shame that like, it, it is hard to like get a lot of discussion uh, for such an important protocol. And I think this part, part of, I think House's intuition here, I think is right. And I agree with, which is let's, how do we empower certain delegates um, within like like Monet Supply and a few other folks out there that just do a ton of work, and those guys should actually have have more voting power, should have more autonomy to 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 push this, the the protocol forward. It has felt at times that you know uh, Maker, as important as it is, has been a little bit slow. Now the question, of course, is does a protocol like Maker need to like move fast? Probably not, because if it breaks, like all hell breaks loose. So like you need to be cautious around the type of proposals and the assets that are added as collateral, like I understand that. And the same with like the central bank, like you don't see Jay Powell like talk about, he's very guarded, he's very precise, um, oftentimes cryptic in what he says and people are like dissecting every single word and intonation, (laughs) you know, it's a whole art of trying to decipher what he means. But I think there's a reason why central bankers are much more guarded and measured than perhaps a Jamie Dimond or, you know, I think there's a time and a place Maker, I have always felt, is that is sort of the central bank of DeFi. And so you need to be more measured in your approach and not as experimental. But still, you know, that's not to say that you can have uh, more the more active participants um, in the maker community, because there are some, and just give more autonomy. Uh, I think that would be yeah. very much positive. And that's how I'm reading Haas's proposal, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but- My read on this is... <laughs> Oh my God, what a concept create subdivisions and then have leaders run them. <laughs> sounds like a VP of marketing and a VP of <laughs> yeah, engineering. Yeah, sounds like uh, or- organizational uh, theory 101, you know, apply to crypto, I, which... I'm just going to call this out that I feel very strongly that people are getting, I continue to say this, I'm probably beating a, a drum at this point, but people think that DAOs are all about flat hierarchy. That is not what DAOs are about. <laughs> DAOs, yeah, it will never flat work. hierarchy. Yeah, when you scale does not work. Uh, the hierarchy of companies is going to look very similar to how it's always looked, which is you have an executive team and then you have leaders who manage other leaders who manage other leaders who manage a team. And that's how companies have been built. And it's not a big, not a big problem. I would say. I think the, the key component to DAOs and the novelty, I think is the transparency of how things are op- like the transparency in the operations. And I think that places more, of checks and balances and a level of accountability to decision makers and people that are processing information. And that's it. Like, that's it. I've always felt that crypto is, is just that. Just take whatever exists in Web2. Yeah. Don't try to necessarily reinvent the rocket of like equity, con- like vesting contracts and all this jazz. Honestly, these things work. They're tried. They're true. Like, there's a reason why people shouldn't unlock all day one after 12 months. Like... <laughs> But here we are. We learn. We like to learn the hard way sometimes in crypto. I, I so I'll I will agree with you. But I was looking at the Maker docs over the weekend, the, some of the governance proposals and what's going on at Maker right now. And they had a team offsite. I think the Maker growth team had a team offsite, and community mm-hmm. members were mad at them for spending money to go to the beach. And I was like, oh my god, True. this sounds like yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not nightmare. saying. Ra- <laughs> Notice, I didn't say radical transparency. Like this is a, <laughs> yeah. this is a Ray, this is a Bridgewater Ray Dalio kind of construct, which is very difficult. Like most people in Bridgewater say this, this is too much for me to handle. Like I think humans, yeah. radical transparency, I'm not advocating for it. It's an interesting concept, but no, no, no. I, I mean like give people the autonomy 
especially the people that are the nodes that are closest to the information to process this information to give them some ring fence their autonomy and, and and have a process for them to take decisions but yeah i'm not i'm not like suggesting that the like communities can be really difficult and tribal minorities can like be very vocal like do they need to know that you went on an offsite to arizona and you spent like four dollars in a kombucha like fuck no because there's always going to be a guy that says, oh what are you who's spending four dollars in a kombucha i'm like how are you who are you to tell me that i can't spend on that because you know what this makes me more efficient so fuck off like you know what i mean like sometimes communities can be like like that and i appreciate that they sh- there's a time and a place you know but still more transparency and account transparency and accountability not full transparency some privacy is important Next thing I'm paying attention to is the Juno whale. Juno is a uh, layer one smart contract. I think Cosmos protocol, there there was this Juno airdrop that was intended to have a whale cap that limited the airdrop per entity to 50,000, but the Juno docs stated 50,000 per address. So obviously what some savvy folks came in and did is scooped up a whole bunch of this, I think there's this Adam whale that had multiple Adam addresses with like 100,000 Adams staked. Um, he or she received 2.5 million Juno in total. And uh, I think actually yesterday, the Juno DAO voted to cut the balance of Juno tokens held by this large holder, the whale. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's like the, the community coming together to reduce the token allocation uh, because this whale kind of exploited a loophole it wasn't even a flaw in the smart contract or anything it's just a loophole in in how they wrote it um and yeah it's interesting to see a community come together to kind of reverse this decision i I would say it sets it's interesting it kind of sets a potentially dangerous precedent but um uh i think they wiped out like 122 million of their funds so be pretty pissed if i was that whale (laughs) um last thing is just Actually, a couple, a couple more things. <laughs> Going to run through quickly because I know you got a, a flight to catch. Ave V3, shout out to Stani uh, and the t- whole team at Ave. Just kick-ass work. Ave continues to um, innovate both on the core pro- uh, product, but also on other things like their social media um, protocol. It's probably the DeFi protocol that is shipping and has the most ambitious vision, vi- vision and shipping cool stuff. So shout yeah. out to, to Stani and, and the team. I know you're good friends with Stani. Um, he, their team messaged us yesterday. He's going to come on the show. So we'll talk about all the Ave updates. Um, dig in there. Other thing is, uh, going back to Anchor for a second, Anchor launched something. I got sent this right before the podcast. Uh, Anchor has taken its first step to go interchain, powered by Wormhole Crypto. There's X Anchor, which is now bringing Anchor's functionality to non-Terra blockchains, starting with Avalanche uh, first really interesting i think this like seamless cross-chain ux i don't know if you've played around yet but pretty seamless cross-chain ux uh, is something that users care the most about and yeah uh terra's figured out a way or excuse me anchors figured out a way to do that so santi anything else you're paying attention to no obviously we didn't talk much about macro we're not experts here on it interesting though that you know 25 percent, 25 bips hike uh, we talked about it earlier in the episode. I thought it was interesting. It's always a good reminder to see how markets react because you always ought to wonder how much of it is priced in. We'll see. I'm not calling uh, reserve, like the the return of the bull. I think it's important. These are interesting times in the world, very uncertain, and so. Uh, but it's good to see the reaction. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, really cool stuff. Uh, to be fair, like. From my vantage point, I, I get to talk to so many teams, um, and, and I'm very active as an angel. I can't tell you the, the talent that I keep seeing in the space. Like my pace of deployment has not stopped, and there was a time two months ago that I felt like the quality of the teams there there, but now I'm seeing just a resurgence of like super talented teams from Web two, and as long as that continues, I think that's the most important thing. And I'm I'm not going to change my tune. I think this is the space where I think about, you know, you want to, you want to always be investing in innovation and growth long-term. That's, I think what gets us out of trouble, um, and outperforming certainly stuff like inflation. So, you know, I think like for, for me, it, that's super encouraging. Um, and everything we talked about in this episode, uh, is pretty interesting stuff. Like, I think we'll look back in five, 10 years and say, okay, this was a new precedent for how to think about IP for web in the web three context of digital property rights that are so important. 
And history is kind of being written this week. And so very encouraging, very interesting. We'll see how this ape coin, I think you called it, Yano. Um, this ape coin, I think, well, we'll see prediction for next week. How many NFT projects do you, th- be- okay, in the next month, how many, let's end up with this. In the next month, how many more ape coin type types will we see from other NFT projects? doodles and you know uh, others out there uh i would say under under five in the short term like your timeline is is quite short here but i think every nft project is going to try to launch a dao and a governance token and most will not succeed okay i like yeah i like it i I think that what people don't realize is that andreessen horowitz is involved with Yuga Labs. Andreessen is rapidly building up their regulatory team. There's a reason Yuga Labs asked for everyone's social security number. It's because this thing's going to be issued as a compliant security. Uh, Other folks are not going to take the time to do that. It requires a massive legal spend for proper compliance that most people can't afford. And uh, that's just the regulatory system that we live in today. So that's why people are going to try to do it. Uh, But people are going to try to do it. But that's why I'm assuming most should not actually do it. Sir, as always, good to be back. Um, thank you. Uh, permissionless coming up. I am excited to get, you know, yeah. to be out there. We've got, um, it's Friday today. We've got an episode coming out on Monday with Gabby from YGG and Felix Sim. Best episode we have ever recorded on Probably. gaming guilds. I'm really, really excited about that one. Uh, if you guys have feedback on the episode, jump in the Discord. Santi is now in the Discord. Join the Blockworks Discord. Um, and yeah, jump in the Empire channel. And then if you guys want to hear the episode on Monday, just uh, if you're listening on Apple, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, subscribe and give us a review. Got to pump those numbers, baby. So anyways, happy Friday. Hope you guys all enjoy the weekend. Santi, my man, safe travels and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, my man. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening.